episode 59. Parsons' frog-like face grew calmer and even took on a slightly sanctimonious expression. Thought crime is a dreadful thing, old man, he said sententiously. It's insidious. It can get hold of you without your even knowing it. Do you know how it got hold of me? In my sleep? Yes, that's a fact. There I was, working away, trying to do my bit. I never knew I had any bad stuff in my mind at all. And then I started talking in my sleep. Do you know what they heard me saying? He sank his voice like someone who is obliged for medical reasons to utter an obscenity. Down with Big Brother. Yes, I said that. Said it over and over again, it seems. Between you and me, old man, I'm glad they got me before it went any further. Do you know what I'm going to say to them when I go up before the tribunal? Thank you, I'm going to say. Thank you for saving me before it was too late. Who denounced you, said Winston. It was my little daughter, said Parsons, with a sort of doleful pride. She listened at the keyhole, heard what I was saying, and nipped off to the patrols the very next day. <laughs> Pretty smart for a nipper of seven, eh? I don't bear her any grudge for it. In fact, I'm proud of her. It shows I brought her up in the right spirit anyway. He made a few more jerky movements up and down, several times, casting a longing glance at the lavatory pan. Then he suddenly ripped down his shorts. Excuse me, old man, I can't help it. It's the waiting. He plumped his large posterior into the lavatory pan. Winston covered his face with his hands. Smith, yelled the voice from the telescreen. 6079 Smith W, uncover your face. No faces covered in the cells. Winston uncovered his face. Parsons used the lavatory loudly and abundantly. It then turned out that the plug was defective and the cell stank abominably for hours afterward. Parsons was removed. More prisoners came and went mysteriously. One, a woman, was consigned to room 101, and Winston noticed seemed to shrivel and turn a different color when she heard the words. A time came when, if it had been morning when he was brought here, it would be afternoon. Or if it had been afternoon, then it would be midnight. There were six prisoners in the cell, men and women. All sat very still. Opposite Winston, there sat a man with a chinless, toothy-faced, exactly like that of some large, harmless rodent. His fat, mottled cheeks were so pouched at the bottom that it was difficult not to believe that he had little stores of food tucked away there. His pale, gray eyes flitted timorously from face to face and turned quickly away again when he caught anyone's eye. 
the door opened and another prisoner was brought in whose appearance sent a momentary chill through Winston. He was a commonplace, mean-looking man who might have been an engineer or technician of some kind. But what was startling was the emaciation of his face. It was like a skull. Because of its thinness, the mouth and eyes looked disproportionately large, and the eyes seemed filled with a murderous, unappeasable hatred of somebody or something. The man sat down on the bench at a little distance from Winston. Winston did not look at him again, but the tormented skull-like face was as vivid in his mind as though it had been straight in front of his eyes. Suddenly he realized what was the matter. The man was dying of starvation. The same thought seemed to occur almost simultaneously to everyone in the cell. There was a faint stirring all the way round the bench. The eyes of the chinless man kept flitting toward the skull-faced man, then turning guiltily away, then being dragged back by an irresistible attraction. Presently, he began to fidget on his seat. At last, he stood up, waddled clumsily across the cell, dug down into the pocket of his overalls, and with an abashed air held out a grimy piece of bread to the skull-faced man. There was a furious, deafening roar from the telescreen. The chinless man jumped in his tracks. The skull-faced man had quickly thrust his hands behind his back as though demonstrating to all the world that he refused the gift. Bumstead! roared the voice. 2713 Bumstead chain, let fall the piece of bread. The chinless man dropped the piece of bread on the floor. Remain standing where you are, said the voice. Face the door, make no movement. The chinless man obeyed. His large, pouchy cheeks were quivering uncontrollably. The door clanged open. As the young officer entered and stepped aside, there emerged from behind him a short, stumpy guard with enormous arms and shoulders. He took his stand opposite the chinless man and then, at a signal from the officer, let free a frightful blow with all the weight of his body behind it, full into the chinless man's mouth. The force of it seemed almost to knock him clean off the floor. His body was flung across the cell and fetched up against the base of the lavatory seat. For a moment, he lay as though stunned with dark blood oozing from his mouth and nose. A very faint whimpering or squeaking, which seemed unconscious, came out of him. Then he rolled over and raised himself unsteadily on hands and knees. Amid a stream of blood and saliva, the two halves of a dental plate fell out of his mouth. The prisoners sat very still, their hands crossed on their knees. The chinless man climbed back into his place. Down one side of his face, the flesh was darkening. 
His mouth had swollen into a shapeless, cherry-colored mass with a black hole in the middle of it. From time to time, a little blood dripped onto the breast of his overalls. His gray eyes still flitted from face to face more guiltily than ever, as though he were trying to discover how much the others despised him for his humiliation. The door opened. With a small gesture, the officer indicated the skull-faced man. Room 101, he said. There was a gasp and a flurry at Winston's side. The man had actually flung himself on his knees on the floor with his hands clasped together. Comrade, officer, he cried, you don't have to take me to that place. Haven't I told you everything already? What else is it that you want to know? There's nothing I wouldn't confess, nothing. Just tell me what it is and I'll confess straight off. Write it down and I'll sign it. Anything, not room 101. Room 101, said the officer. The man's face, already very pale, turned a color Winston would not have believed possible. It was definitely, unmistakably, a shade of green. Do anything to me, he yelled. You've been starving me for weeks. Finish it off and let me die. Shoot me, hang me, sentence me to 25 years. Is there somebody else you want me to give away? Just say who it is and I'll tell you anything you want. I don't care what it is or what you do to them. I've got a wife and three children. The biggest of them is six years old. You can take the whole lot of them and cut their throats in front of my eyes and I'll stand by and watch it. But not room 101. Room. One oh one, said the officer.